Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your host of the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour, brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. I am the publisher and the founder of this magazine that started 23 years ago in St. Louis, Missouri, and we um, have been digital online uh, as well since 1998. We were one of the one of the first magazines that um, took that platform and and ran with it. So we still are a print magazine in the Midwest and in Florida. You can find us in Chicago, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, St. Louis, Missouri, and um, all kinds of other small towns that we have just been affiliated with for many years. But we are also on both coasts of Florida. We are in the Tampa, St. Um, Pete, uh, Clearwater area, and in the West Palm Beach, Boca area on the, um, the other side of Florida. So um, we, in addition to the monthly magazine that you can read at spiritseeker.com, um, we also have a weekly email newsletter. And the people who are um, subscribers to the e- email newsletter are eligible for free books, free um, admission to different events that we have tickets for. We review CDs and DVDs, and all of these we then bless um, our readers with because guess what? We like to bless people. So if you would like to be added to our email list at Sacrosanct, um, you can either go to the spiritseeker.com site, and there's a, a big thing saying join our email newsletter, or you can send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com, and I will be happy to add you to our list. I wanted to mention um, that uh, the magazine will be at many different events uh, all over coming up. So next weekend we will be in Dallas, Texas at the Vasa Yoga Meditation Retreat. My teacher, Yogi Sri Amuda Bharati, will be here from India. He's actually here now, but um, I will be in his presence with Shiva Ratri uh, next Thursday. So the magazine will be there, and there's a wonderful uh, article this month on Vasa Yoga Meditation in the Spirit Seeker uh, magazine. After that, we will be... um, in Chicago for the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo um, the first weekend of March. We will then be, um, let's see, where are we next? We're then in St. Louis at the Internal Spirit Fair on March 14th to 16th, and then we will be in Kansas City um, March 27th through 29th. All of these events we um, are a sponsor, so our magazine, the magazine will be there, as well as I will be um, a psychic reader medium at those events. Okay, I think that's it for um, for announcements. Uh, I Please like us on Facebook. That always helps us reach more people, and it's just always fun to um, to have more people find us. Uh, so we appreciate you, you spreading the word. We also know you're listening to the radio show, and remember, those of you that are listening that perhaps are new tonight, the minute the interview is over this evening, it will be a podcast that is downloadable. You can listen to it at any hour of the day or night. There's over 500 shows archived um, at the radio site, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, spelled C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Okay, so that's that's that. Now, I am delighted to introduce my guest, and I'll bring her on right after this short introduction. Dr. Susan Chomsky is an amazing person. She has dedicated her life to helping people take command of their lives in highly effective, powerful, uh, positive ways. She's the author of 17 books um, published by Simon & Schuster and Random House, New Page, and Skyhorse Publishing. She's a pioneer in the human potential field. She has spent several decades teaching thousands of people meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition. Her books have been published in several languages worldwide, and several um, have been number one Amazon.com bestsellers. Some of the books are Divine Revelation, Miracle Power, How to Hear the Voice of God, Ascension, Exploring Meditation, Exploring Auras, Exploring Chakras, Instant Healing, The Power of Auras, The Big Book of Chakras, Awaken Your Third Eye, Awaken Your Divine Intuition, Color Your Chakras, The Big Book of Chakras, Third Third Eye Meditations, Earth Energy Meditations, and Maharishi and Me. 
So this is quite um, an amazing introduction. She's a sought-after media guest, and I'm you know, delighted that she had time for uh, the Spirit Seeker Show this evening. She's an acclaimed professional speaker. She has done over 600 speaking engagements and over 1,000 media appearances since her first book was published um, many years ago. So, wow, what can I say except I am delighted. And um, Susan, are you there? <laughs> Hi, it's um, Lisa. Okay, is this okay? I'm sorry. Is this Dr. Shumsky? Nope, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I have the wrong line. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Hi, Dr. Hi. Susan. Are you there? This is Susan. Yes. I'm okay. So glad to be here I with you tonight, Cindy. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I clicked on to the wrong number. At any rate, so thank you for um, thank you for doing the work that you're doing, and thank you for coming on tonight and talking about the big book of chakras and chakra healing. And before we start on that, though, is there just anything you would like to share? You know, before we um, move into the to, to the interview, anything new that has happened even since um, since I talked to your media people? Anything new? Well, you know, not only do I uh, do I write a lot of books, I also am a producer of holistic seminars at sea. So I have several of those coming up as well. Uh, that means uh, they're like conferences on a cruise ship where we have well, all these wonderful speakers and it's just a delightful experience. So I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, so what is your next destination? When will you be um, cruising again yeah. with, you know, your... Yeah. Right. So the next one is Sail with Spirit. That's at sailwithspirit.com. And that one is August 28th to September 4th coming up. And a lot of fantastic speakers will be there, including Lisa Williams, Denise Lynn, Dugal Frazier, Rosalie Valentine, Suzanne Wilson, and Susan Miller, and many more. And it's just going to be so much fun. We're sailing, like I said, to Alaska from Seattle. And, um, yeah, sailwithspirit.com. Check it out. Wonderful. Now, um, you can also go to uh, the website divinerevelation.org, and there's a lot of information there. But tonight we're going to be talking about the big book of chakras and chakra healing, how to unlock your seven energy centers for healing, happiness, and transformation. Um, and truly, this book is like a true field guide to the energy and chakra system. So let's just start with, I, you've written a number of books on chakras. So this has been something you've obviously been drawn to. And um, so how did this all start with the the understanding and your fascination and knowledge with the energy system in the bodies? Like, we're were you was there a moment where you're just like oh my gosh and then you just ran with it continuing to learn 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 yeah well you know it was the 1960s i was a hippie i was living in the san francisco bay area and those of us who were flower children like me we were seeking higher states of consciousness we were seeking nirvana actually and our gurus at that time were timothy leary and richard alpert who later became ron doss and they wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. They told us that we need to turn on, tune in, and drop out. So that's what I was attempting to do. And I was attempting to reach these higher states of consciousness through LSD. It didn't work out very well for me. In fact, I had a psychotic break as a result of taking LSD. It was horrible. But in any case, I still wanted to experience nirvana. I was still obsessed with that whole idea. Finally, someone took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center. That was in 1966. And as soon as I saw the photo of the guru on the wall, who was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who later became the guru of the Beatles, as soon as I saw his picture, I could feel this energy just streaming from his eyes and just, it was like his eyes were filled with light and filled with uh, love. And I could just feel this amazing energy. And I thought, well, this is where I'm going to learn real meditation. So I actually had to wait for nine months before a meditation teacher actually came to the TM Center in Berkeley, California. But finally the teacher came and I learned during the summer of love, 1967. So that was the beginning of my meditation. Well, actually 
uh, I, I had an amazing Kundalini awakening even before that ever occurred, but um, that was the start of my association with the Indian philosophy and the Indian way of meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm classically trained um, in transcendental meditation, and both of my kids you know, learned, and I loved how they gave them a walking meditation. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, to to yeah. this day, I mean, Fairfield, Iowa, it's it's still very, very instrumental in training so many people in meditation. You know, the Maharishi yes. campus in Fairfield, Iowa. So, Yes, Maharishi was the founder of Transcendental Meditation, and during his lifetime he trained 40,000 teachers, and those teachers taught 6 million people to meditate. So his contribution to... I don't know even want to begin what his contribution was to the world. It was so amazing. So, yeah, that was my first interest in in that subject. But I never really wanted to write a book about chakras until my publisher asked me to write one. And that was the first edition, uh, Exploring Chakras. And then there have been other editions after that, including this new one, The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. So for the listeners that are like, what is she talking about? Um, let's, let's, I don't know if we want to start with the chakras or start with the aura, but the whole energy system, let's, let's kind of describe yeah. um, wherever you want to start so that people right. know. Because we, we always have newbies, and then we have people who are just thirsty for more knowledge. <laughs> exactly. So we inhabit this physical body. However, there are several layers of a subtle body that pervades, permeates, and surrounds this physical body. Some people call it the aura. In India, they call it panchakosha, which means five sheaths. And the first sheath is the physical body. That's known as the food sheath because it is made of food, sustained by food, and becomes food for something else after you're gone. And then the next sheath is called the pranamaya kosha, or the vital energy body. And that particular sheath has... Uh, prana, which means life force energy in Sanskrit. Chi, which is the same thing only in China. Or ki, which is the same thing in Japan, flowing through it. So this life force energy flows through specific pathways called nadi in India, and they're called meridian in China. So this life force energy is what's keeping you alive. It's actually regulating and sustaining your physical body. It brings movement, it brings heat, and it allows you to be alive. According to the ancient scriptures of India, it is said that when prana is in the body, that is what is defined as life. And when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. So pranamaya kosha is uh, one of these sheets, the the vital energy body. And then the next sheet, the next layer, is called the mental, emotional body, also known as manamaya kosha in Sanskrit. And then after that is the intellect, ego body. That's known as vidyanamaya kosha in Sanskrit. And then, then the next, uh, the final of those five sheets is called the anandamaya kosha, meaning literally blissful sheets. That is the causal body. So these are the fine five main sheaths that fill, permeate, and surround the physical form. So we are multidimensional beings living in many forms at the same time and, in fact, in many worlds and realms at the same time because each of these bodies is in a different realm. Now, these nadi that uh, the conduits of pranic energy, conduits of life force energy, these nadis come together and form plexuses. And the plexuses are called chakra. And chakra is a Sanskrit word that means wheel because it has a hub and it has spokes. The spokes are the radiations of life force energy that radiate outward from the center of the, of the wheel. And so there are seven major chakras that we know about that quite commonly known about, the root chakra, the pelvic chakra, the navel chakra, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and then the crown chakra. Those are the seven main chakras in the subtle body. 
But then there are seven other chakras that are talked about in the ancient scriptures of India. When I wrote this book, when I originally started writing it, which was in 2003 is when it came out, uh, the original edition of it, uh, I went to the ancient scriptures of India to find the most authentic information I could find up about the chakras. So this book, is it's like an encyclopedia of the chakras. It really goes back and reveals the most authentic information that you're going to find. You will not find this information anywhere else unless you know how to read Sanskrit and you go back to the original scriptures or at least you know how to even read the trans- translations. So... This book is uh, quite quite amazing. And, um, okay, so I was talking about the chakras. So there's actually 14 chakras that are, uh, that are revealed and detailed in this book, the big book of chakras and chakra healing. It's very in-depth. And when you think about the fact that, you know, this is ancient, ancient, ancient. I mean, one time, I don't even know how my graphic artist found it, but she found a picture of the chakra system from like the 1500s, you know, like, yeah. like, like ancient. And there it all was. There were, you know, the different energy meridians, you know, of course, called nadis and like all of it. And it was just, it's like all of this has been known and, you know, and it's funny when you hear people just finding their way to it and they act like it's something new. Um, like even with acupuncture, you know, it's like, Oh, that's this new technique. No, it's thousands and thousands <laughs> of years old. But, um, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah. So you've really, like, have you gone to India and, uh, I mean, ha- do you take people to India or is it, have you just been fascinated and studied or? Okay. So the first time I went to India was in 1970 where I stayed in my guru's ashram for six months at that time. And then I've been back to Lovely. India many times since then. In fact, I took several groups to Kumbh Mela uh, in Allahabad and in Hardwar which is a huge spiritual festival that all holy people go to. Uh, very mm-hmm. unusual. Millions. Yeah. Yes, millions, yeah. in fact, in Allahabad. It's over a six-week period. This is not all in one day, but over a six-week period, 100 million people attend the Kumbh Mela in Allahabad, India, on the Ganges River. So I've taken groups to those, and I've, I've taken several groups to India and visited but um, I actually lived in my guru's ashram for over two decades. Ashrams, I should say plural, because I lived in many different places. And I was on his personal staff for six years, and that was in Europe during the 1970s. So I'm uh, very, very much connected to India and have been since, since I first learned meditation, you know, even before that. Because when, when I was a hippie in the 60s, I was reading all these books, I read Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, and I read uh, many, many of the Buddhist scriptures, and I read The Way of Zen by Alan Watts and other books by Alan Watts. And in those books by Alan Watts, he said that you need to find a meditation guide. Well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and open up and find <laughs> meditation guides or anything remotely similar to that. So I asked a friend, well, how do I find this meditation guide? He said, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? And I said, well, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed. That's how clueless I was. I didn't even know that you're supposed to sit up when you meditate. I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a quote-unquote meditation. Immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation, you know. Little did I know (laughs) that not only had I had my first meditation experience, but also kundalini awakening all at the same time. And I thought, well, you know, this is, uh, I really want to learn more about this, and I really want to learn real meditation. So eventually I did, which was a, you know, great 
Wow. And okay, so for the and you talk a lot about this with working with that root chakra to pull the kundalini up. So let's let's just start there because um, you know, the root chakra, you know, we all well, we don't all know. Let's just say it's the color red and it's the slowing I, I always love that it vibrates to the heartbeat, you know, of Mother Earth and it's just this beautiful boom boom so let's talk about like like here you are laying down there and you're asking for this experience and the next thing you know you you got it so for our listeners can you explain what this kundalini is and how it moves up from your root chakra yes uh the kundalini uh, which actually kundalini means curled up curled up energy is actually um what it literally means um, it is often called the serpent power the mystic coil various various names for it it's a special kind of pranic energy that is lodged in something called root bulb which is right below your root chakra uh, which is at your tailbone area so that energy in normal average individuals is curled up and it is asleep. However, there are practices, specific practices that can help you wake up the Kundalini. And in that case, it goes up through the central meridian of the spinal canal, which is called Sushumna Nadi. So that's the name of the conduit of energy through which uh, kundalini flows. So it, as it rises up the spine, your chakras get awakened. It's like your chakras get energized and awakened and more than they have been. And then finally it, it travels all the way up through the shumna nadi up to the top of the head. And that at that point, it's like shakti unites with Shiva, meaning the female and male energies unite together and you experience oneness and wholeness. Now, I have to say that everybody that's listening today, you already have your kundalini arisen to some extent or you would not even be interested in these kinds of subjects. So <laughs> that's true, isn't people it? people <laughs> who are really in uh, absolute, uh, absolute ignorance whose kundalini is completely asleep. And that really is the majority of the population, but, you know, unfortunately, but, uh, but all of you, your kundalini is awakened to some extent. Oh, my God. I've got this new computer. I am so sorry. <laughs> Let me turn the volume down. It's terrible. It's, like, it's so new, and I'm still figuring it out. But, like, all of a sudden, texts come through on my screen, and phones come through, and I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot to turn the volume down. I mean, I love it that it's all easy, but it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I just feel like it's coming from every direction sometimes, so I apologize for that. But um, but getting back to this, this subject and, you know, and understanding how this works, like, Let's talk about Tantra just a little bit because some of the people may know about Tantra and how it's the merging of the masculine, the feminine, the yin, the yang, and blending, you know, these energies, um, which I always think is so beautiful how the symbol of the kundalini is very similar to the caduceus and how it crosses over and goes apart. Exactly. Well, that actually is um, the caduceus. Do you mind if I interrupt? No, go ahead. talk about the caduceus for a moment? The caduceus actually... uh, it shows a like a pole that goes up through the center, which is the um, is actually even the barber's pole that and it relates to the ancient art of surgery that came from the barbers originally did, and um, that is the sushumna nadi, and then there's two serpents on the two sides that are coiling around the central pole, and those are specific nadis called ida and pingala. So remember again what a nadi is. A nadi is a conduit of subtle energy. That's the tube through which this life force energy flows. Now understand this is not in your physical body. You're a multidimensional being and these nadi are in your pranic body, your vital life force energy body, also known as pranamaya kosha. So the, these nadis 
um, this prana or chi is flowing through them. And the Ida and the Pingala are the two serpents on the two sides of the Kadusha. And Ida is associated with the left nostril and Pingala is associated with the right nostril. Ida is associated with female energy, Pingala with male energy. Ida is associated with the parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, So we call it parasympathetic part of your autonomic nervous system. And the Pingala is associated with the sympathetic part of your autonomic nervous system. This is real. It's not some foo-foo, woo-woo stuff. These energies, these nadi, these chakra, they are regulating. They are keeping you alive. It's what is, it is what is keeping your body in motion. It's what's keeping your body in alive. And so vital, this is vital, of course, to your body. And the, the medical profession, you know, this is the caduceus is their symbol, but how many physicians actually know what this symbol means? Oh, I think you're absolutely correct. I, I, think, I don't think they have any idea other than, you know, they look at it and it's the staff of healing that has been there forever, you know, and, and, but, um, but I love how you explained that. And, you know, the, the right, the, when I do the Vasa yoga breathing, we change it during winter. We breathe more into the right nostril, which brings in heat to the body. Correct. Whereas the left, and then during the summer, you know, like right now it's 11 degrees here, but in the summer will be a hundred degrees. I, I'm in the Midwest. And so during the summer, we put more emphasis on the inhalation on the left, which cools the body down. So it's very Correct. scientific. All of this is just amazingly scientific and you um, are able to express this so wonderfully where it, it, it makes sense, you know. And um, so thank you. Thank you for taking this because it is a little, you know, it, it is very complex. I mean, supposedly, they, supposedly there are over 72,000 nadis in the body, and then those nadis then become these energy centers. And then, you know, you've also got the doshas, and there's just so much to it, <laughs> so much oh, to yes. it. Oh, yes, yes, of course, it's. The whole science of Ayurveda, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So what are the chakra colors and how does this, this is one of the things I've never totally understood and I was so excited, um, you know, when I saw that this is one of the questions that your publicist suggested. It's, okay, so I know that there are the chakra colors. I understand all that. I know that there's the days of the week that correlate to the chakra colors, but there's also the planets associated with the chakras. So I have prayer beads from, you know, um, Babaji and prayer beads from another teacher they studied that has all the different colors and the gemstones and the representative of the planets, but I've never totally understood it at all other than it's very scientific. So I I am looking forward to hearing all this. I wish I had my go prayer ahead. beads in front of me. I should have brought them, <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Okay. So the uh, the current view, the uh, the view that is common right now, is that there's a kind of a rainbow that goes from your base chakra up to the top of your head in this rainbow, but there's nothing in the ancient scriptures about that. It does not exist. But what I'm going to tell you about now is what exists in Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology, Hindu astrology. And I'm going to tell you the correspondences of the days of the week, the chakras, the planets, the gemstones, and the colors. Okay? So we're going to start with Sunday. Sunday is the day of the sun. That's why it's called sun day. Obviously, the planet is the sun. And it is located in your solar plexus, the sun located, obviously, in the solar plexus. That's why it's called solar plexus, which is at your navel chakra. So that is uh, the red ruby is associated with that. And the day of the week being Sunday and the color being red because it is the Agni fire that is there. 
and also because it's associated with that red ruby. Okay, so the next day of the week we'll talk about is Monday or Moon Day, the day of the moon. So the day of the moon is, obviously, it would be a moonstone or a pearl that's associated with the moon. And it is, um, so we're talking about um, the color associated with that is orange. And um, have we covered all the items that I wanted to talk about? Day of the week, Monday, um, gemstone, moon, or moonstone, or uh, pearl. Okay, so I think we covered Monday. Uh, right. Planet is the moon. All right, so Tuesday. Tuesday in French and in uh, Spanish is Mars Day. It's not in English, but in those two languages, it's Mars Day. It's the day of Mars. And Mars is the planet that's associated. Oh, I know what I forgot to talk about. Um, Sunday, you know, that has to do with the fire of digestion. Monday has to do with reproduction. Uh, It has to do with fecundity. The moon is always associated with that because of the the menstrual cycle. All right, so then we're going on to Tuesday. And Tuesday is associated with Mars. And Mars is the planet of, it's a male, male energy. And it's associated with survival issues and aggression and that kind of thing. And the uh, gemstone is the red coral. And the day of the week is Tuesday. Okay, so I think that covers that. Then we go on to Wednesday, which in Spanish and in French is called Mercredi, Mercredi, Mercury Day. Um, Mercury Day is Wednesday. And Wednesday, the planet Mercury is associated with, oh, did I say what chakra Mars was? It's associated with the root chakra, the base chakra. I was, I was going to ask you, so is the, is, the, is the color red, though? Because red was no, um, the color's Sunday yellow, as well. According to, oh. we're talking about Jyotish here. The colors, okay. we're talking about yellow. Hindu astrology. It's yellow. Okay. Um, and All then right. the next one is Mercury Day, and that would be the crown chakra. Because Mercury is a planet of communication, and the crown chakra, it's like a infinite, almost infinite, just all these neurons. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's like communication uh, on on steroids, kind of. <laughs> so Mercury is Wednesday. It's the planet. And it is uh, the green emerald, and it is green color, and it is um, the crown chakra. Okay. So the next one is Jeudi, Jupiter Day. Okay. So in French, it's Jeudi, which is the day of Jupiter, which is Thursday. And Thursday is your third eye chakra. It is traditionally in India the holiest day of the week. It is, uh, in Sanskrit, the word Jupiter is guru. Literally, that's the name of Jupiter in Sanskrit, guru. So the guru and the planet Jupiter is in your third eye chakra. That is the eye of illumination. It is the eye of higher awareness, higher consciousness, and the color is blue for Jupiter, and the gemstone for that particular planet is the yellow sapphire. So that is Thursday. Then we go on to Vendredi, which means Venus Day. Venus Day is Friday, and Friday is associated with the planet Venus, and it is in your throat chakra. And Venus is the planet of, of uh, expression, expression, artistic expression, actually, is what Venus represents in, in Vedic astrology. So that's why it's in your throat. It is associated with the diamond, 
and the color associated with all of that is the indigo color. And then Saturn Day, the day of Saturn, Saturday, is uh, associated with the planet Saturn, obviously. And it is associated with the blue sapphire. That's the major gemstone for, for that planet. And the color associated with that is magenta. And it is associated with your heart chakra. Uh, because Saturn is a planet of expansion and constriction, expansion and constriction. So uh, that's the beating of the heart. So those are the days of the week, days of the week, uh, associations of the planets and the colors and so on. Um, so when you have prayer beads, um, I, I just, now it makes sense. So they cover, they cover all the different, they do the seven chakras over and over again, I guess. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of prayer beads that were colored. Uh, prayer beads that I know about are like Rudraksha beads, which have 108 uh, seeds on yeah. them. So, so you can I've count. Heard. Just like a rosary, yeah. you can count the number of repetitions you've done of uh, right. whatever mantra you're doing, the Gayatri or whatever mantra. Yeah, there's 54 beads, and then when you hit the spot, you reverse it. You never cross over. Or some beads are 108, but the I have um, from Babaji's ashram and then um, another teacher uh, that I studied with, but all their prayer beads always had all the different gemstones and the colors, and I just, you know, and they're very small. They're very small compared to, I like, oh. actually, I like the larger beads. But, um, oh. but it's interesting. I have a, oh, they I, have gemstones. I know. I, I, I know they're nice. they're just really yeah and like there's the pearl and you know I'll take a picture and send it to you but um That's it's lovely. interesting my yeah my youngest son um is very very tuned in to a different frequency than um <laughs> the average 22 year old and he met, he he um fasts every Sunday because he was born on Sunday wow. and he that's wow. his day and he I, I know, and he told me, he says, Mom, you were born on Tuesday. You you know, you might want to consider fasting on Tuesday. But I never wow. knew Tuesday was Mars Day. I just never really knew that part. So yeah, there it is, Mars Day, Mars Day uh, in French. And um, I don't know how to, how, to, uh, how to say it in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but I know that it's Mars Day in, in Spanish also. So it is, uh, yeah, it's traditional. Um, the language is there. You know, it still exists in our language, and mm-hmm. each each day of the week has a planet. And these gemstones, by the way, they're also you don't have to wear the um, the expensive gemstone. For example, a diamond. Instead of the diamond, you could wear the zircon, or you could. Uh, and, and with regards to the pearl, you could always have a moonstone instead. With regards to the ruby, uh, for su- Sunday, you could also have the. Um, uh, a garnet, for example. Uh, so, yeah, and then um, let's see, uh, coral. Well, that's not very expensive to begin with. Coral is okay, but um, instead of the mer- of set of the emeralds, you could use a peridot. So there are there are gemstones that are affordable that you can use, and I'm sure they use the cheaper gemstones on your mala there. On your, um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really, it's it's fascinating. And I was raised Catholic. So when I came to the prayer beads, it was very, very natural for me because I was already used to doing the rosary. And I just always have loved, you know, um, the beads. And so, you know, when I train, I, I train mediums and I have them do the Ajna meditation, um, 108 mantras, uh Every day I ask them. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it takes about 20 yeah. minutes to do 108 mantras, and um, yeah. and that opens the third eye, which then enables this connection, you know, to have the channel more open. Um, but this is just, oh, you just know so much. And where I'd like to go <laughs> next is, uh, <laughs> you know, thank you, by the way. Just thank you for so much of your sharing. Yeah, um, thank you. Where I would like, where I'd like to go next is, um, the, ti- the you know the title of your book is you know um, how d- positive ways well wait a minute, the actual title the whole thing is um, how to use this for healing and how to use this energy in ways that 
uh, supports trans- transformation, and then I do want to talk about um, samadhi as well. But but I know that um, Rosalind Beret is one of the first people that you know studied, to my knowledge anyway, that studied the when people have cancer. Um, she knew that there was an energy leak in one of the chakras. And so she learned how to seal and close the chakras. And, I mean, the woman got a $5 million grant, you know, and it was basically because she tapped into something in this knowledge. And then I studied Qigong from Master Gabriel Chen, who, I mean, this was probably 20 years ago, and the way he and his wife were paid is they would have a jar on their porch where people would come and they would put whatever they could afford. And then he would have them sit in chairs in a long row and he would send the chi uh, to all of them, mass chi to their whole body. And then he would come and if someone had a stomach solar plexus issue, he would send the energy into there. Long story short, um, they would make soup and tea for people who traveled from afar, and then people kept hearing about them. So then they, they wouldn't let him in the operating room. This is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. But they let him underneath the operating room. So he literally was underneath this operating room during a very long surgery, and he sent the chi, the energy, up through the floor um, into the ceiling above him into the floor of the operating room. And what they found is the anesthesiologist used less anesthesia the patients recovered faster, and the doctors and nurses who were normally exhausted from these standing in one place during these long surgeries came out of the operating room going, to do to do to do to do So this man, yeah, yeah. So they're like, what just happened here? So they gave this humble man and his wife a $3.1 million grant, okay? Like, it's so... My question, or not question, I would like you to just share, like, what happens when someone has a heart problem or they have a stomach problem or they have a breast problem? Like, how do you encourage to work with this energy for their own, for for your own healing and vitality? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. The thing is that there's always a mental component to every physical problem. Because uh, as yes. Lord Buddha said, as Lord Buddha said, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. If a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So he said that all that we are is the result of what we have thought, not just, you know, every other Tuesday, but all that we are. And also Jesus said that it is that we are not defiled by what we put into our mouth, We are defiled by what comes out of our mouth. So we're creating our own reality and our own destiny through our thoughts, our words, and our acts, our deeds. And all the great saints and sages have told us this over and over again throughout the ages. So it's important for us to realize that that it is our own thoughts, our own words, and our own deeds that have created whatever it is we're experiencing right now, that the mental component is the most uh, important thing, and also speech, really important, also deeds, but that we can actually affect healing through using our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. So that's why affirmation, saying positive statements, thinking positive thoughts, visualizing positively, anything that we can do in the direction of health and well-being and healing through our thoughts and through our words is going to have an incredible, profound, and instantaneous effect upon our physical outpicturing, what, what has been, in other words, what has manifested on the physical level so because we are the prime movers of all of this because we created it in the first place that that's the bad news the good news though is that we created it in the first place because then that means we can change it so True. yeah so we can through thoughts through words and through deeds so that's why i teach a lot of affirmation and prayer and meditation, because these are really very effective ways to heal. And that's why something like Qigong or other methods that are not physical methods, they're actual energy methods, 
can be so effective because it is through intention and through the flow of energy from that person's hands or from that person's intention produces profound results instantaneously. And meditation, of course, um, is another pathway to strengthening and, um, and, and, and just working with our energy field because when we go into that deep, deep, deep uh, silence, it's not always silent, but that deep, deep rest um, is where the body rejuvenates. And I remember the first time I heard Deepak Chopra, it was 1996, and he did not um, call it meditation. He was still pretty much underneath Kaiser Permanente's uh, umbrella at the time. Um, so he was careful with how he worded things. But he cited the uh, Herbert Benson response, um, the relaxation response, and he said that really what meditation is is lengthening the quiet pauses between the thoughts. And I thought that was quite you know, brilliant. Cause, yeah. yeah, you know, he studied with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. That was his guru. And, and Maharishi made him extremely famous. And that is an exact quote from Maharishi that he was using. Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> But um, yeah. but it was it was something. It, this was actually presented to um, a lot of the medical doctors in St. Louis at that time, and there were like I don't know a hundred and something people there that night. And um, but I thought it was quite brilliant how he you know you know taught this lengthening the quiet pauses between the thoughts. And yeah, then the next Maharishi time I thought, was an amazing Maharishi was an amazing <laughs> amazing teacher. And Deepak yes. quotes him all the time without giving credit, but you know that's okay. Uh, right, right. I didn't realize that, but um, but you know, just just let's just talk. I know, I know this is about the chakras, but you you're also quite an expert in so many ways with meditation. So the in, the prana, of course, life force, energy force, etc. Um, and the chakras, and then the colors, like, you know, we, like in Germany, when um, they have, and it's not just Germany, and even in Brazil, there are lots of different places in the world, they have whole rooms um, that use color therapy, so if someone has a heart problem, they put them in the green room, if they have a solar plexus issue, they'll put them in the yellow room, which is interesting, this is why I was fascinated with these, the colors, the the colors with the um days of the week like I, you would think in my mind I'm like oh Sunday solar plexus yellow no the sun is the is the planet but yet it's red ruby which is life force I mean it makes sense to me but I just never really thought about it the way you've explained it so I don't know where you want to go we still have plenty of time here what what would you like to share because we could go a lot of different directions with the chakras we could talk about meditation, whatever you want to do. Well, I do have a new book out. It's called Third Eye Meditation. And that is a wonderful little book that is filled with guided meditations. In fact, the whole book is just guided meditations. And there's some affirmations and some mantras also that are taught in the book. But it's a guided meditation is a wonderful way to meditate simply because it's so easy. It's the easiest way to meditate because it's simply following the instructions. That's all a guided meditation is, is instructions for you to follow. So um, it's a great book uh, that covers so many, all different areas of life through the meditations that it offers. Uh, Let me just uh, talk about the different topics for a moment that are covered in this book. So uh, first chapter, open the doorway to infinite consciousness. Next chapter, uh, open the doorway to guided meditation. And then it goes on. The next one is to divine love and light. Next, to forgiveness and gratitude. Next, to inner strength and protection. And next, to uh, inner peace and contentment. And then next is to meaningful relationships. And then to a purposeful, authentic life and then to health and energy, and then to meaningful abundance, and then to real power and true success, and then to universal love, and then to ecological balance, and then 
to world peace and then to intuition and wisdom and then to wholeness and oneness and then to spiritual lifting and then finally to to ascension so it's really uh it's actually quite a short book but it has just two or three meditations in each chapter that address each one of those aspects of life and then by the time you're done with this book not only have you transformed yourself and your body and mind and attitude and everything, but also you've transformed the planet because it goes through all these mm, different yeah. different aspects. Because everything that you do in meditation is going to have a profound effect not only for yourself, but also the entire planet. Because every well, thought that you think... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's no problem. That's why I stopped, but um, every thought that you think radiates and vibrates from your inner being out into the atmosphere, and it doesn't end with the edges of your body. It goes out to touch everything and everyone around you. So if you can get into a meditative state where you are vibrating, radiating very positive, powerful vibrations of energy from your being, you're going to have a very positive effect upon the entire planet. You're actually contributing to world peace every time that you meditate. It's very, very powerful. There's nothing more powerful than than meditation, in my opinion. I, I believe that it is the panacea to all ills. I believe that it is a way to heal yourself and to heal everyone and everything around you. I just think it's the most uh, profound practice that that we can do. But you have to understand, this is so important, meditation is not difficult. It is easy, effortless, and joyous. And the most important thing about meditation is to be comfortable. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're not comfortable, it's just like, you know, if you're an energy healer, if you are not comfortable, you cannot deliver a, a, um, a full session to the best of your ability. It's like... So you have to be comfortable. Um, but I was going to mention two things that when I um, I went through a breast cancer experience um, in 2006, and I used to sit outside on my deck. I try and time it like right when the sun would hit my third eye, and I didn't care if it was winter. It didn't matter. I would bundle up, and I would just let that sun hit my third eye, and. It just felt so good all throughout my body, and I just knew that, you know, I needed the sun because almost every woman who gets uh, breast cancer has a vitamin D deficiency, and the sun is so healing and plus, you know, activating that third eye. But I also wanted to mention that um, there's a well-documented study, and you can just research it. It's not too hard on, you know, with our wonderful Internet. We're so lucky. Um, I forget what year it was, you might know, where the Transcendental Meditators went to Washington, D.C., and for a full day they they meditated on the White House lawn, and they measured, I think it went almost 200 miles out, but definitely 50, they had all the data on that, where crime, they were were meditating and focusing on peace and, and stillness. And so the crime rate dropped so significantly that, I mean, this is one of the documented studies on this. You might be able to share more. I, I, I hope I have it right. Uh, absolutely. Maharishi had this idea, and he had it from the very beginning. It's not just later in his life. From the first time that he actually visited the West, he began teaching that if a small portion or percentage of the population would meditate, that it's possible to create world peace. And he always used to say, in order for the forest to be green, the trees must be green. In order for the world to be at peace, the individuals must be at peace. And I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense, because how can you have a peaceful world when you have angry, aggressive, acting out kind of individuals? You're not going to have world peace unless you have peaceful individuals. So that's why Maharishi dedicated his life to training as many people as possible to become meditation teachers and to teach people meditation, transcendental meditation, specifically his his method that he taught. 
Um, and then, in order to prove his theory, he would send people to crime-ridden areas and to war-torn areas, and he would send, like, hundreds of people there so they could meditate in large groups together. And what he found was that his scientists who were, you know, in his organization, what they did is they did statistical analysis, and they found that crime rate went down. They found that the war subsided during the time that the people were there practicing meditation together in large groups. And that is the whole theory behind Fairfield, Iowa, why they have the two golden domes there, one for men, one for women, these big domes where people go, geodesic domes where they go and they meditate together twice a day and they vibrate, you know, vibrating world peace into the atmosphere. And that's not specifically through thinking about world peace because that's not the method of transcendental meditation, but just through practicing that, that technique. Now, I just want to tell people that I don't teach transcendental meditation. I used to when I was younger, but then I found another form of meditation that I liked better, and that's, that's what I teach. I teach something called Divine Revelation. And one of my books is called Divine Revelation, in fact. And then this latest book, Third Eye Meditations, it's just filled with these guided meditations, which are just basically visualizations. And by the way, you don't have to be, a, be good at visualization in order to practice these successfully. All you have to do is just read it and follow the instructions, and that's how simple it is. And I do recommend also with this book, Third Eye Meditations, is that you uh, read it onto a recording device of some kind and then listen to your own voice taking you deep into the meditation as you play it back. You just close your eyes and go into meditation as you're listening to your own voice. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You it's know, also um, available as an audio book as well, by the way. If you want to buy it, the audio book, you can listen to the, to the meditations right. that way. So you have so many different websites. Okay, so the one is DivineTravels.com. <laughs> it's okay, SailWithSpirit.com, CruiseWithMoss.com, uh, um, DivineRevelation.com. Now I know where that came from since you just shared that. Um, and this issue in Spirit Seeker, we did cover um, the Third Eye Meditations. I love the cover. I think it's just beautiful. Um, oh, it's Awaken Your Mind, it nice, Spirit and Intuition. Yeah. It's, it's light you. and airy. It just has a beautiful frequency. You know, what many yeah. people do not know is that, okay, so I once interviewed um, Sridhar, who does the Bhakti Fest, oh, and okay. he was very, very involved with Woodstock. And they were, Woodstock was just about to happen, and they're like, do we, do we have everything covered? Do we, you know, et cetera. And they're like, no. We, and, and, you know, of course they knew the Beatles. They're like, we need someone to bless this, to bless our Woodstock. And so they brought Swami Sachinananda. May I hope I said his name right? Yeah. They brought him yeah, to, yeah, to the last Woodstock, right? And so it's like you know oh. we're very fortunate. We're just so very fortunate to have people um, such as yourself who have listened to that call, and um, and have brought these different teachings, you know, from the different places where you've traveled, and you know yeah. you're bringing this knowledge because it all makes sense. The more we, and I love how you explain this thing that is not just the chakras. You have to work with your thoughts. Thoughts are things. You know, what we focus on expands. It's just, you know, it, it's the whole thing. Like when I had the, the breast cancer experience, I had gone through a divorce and my mother died. And I used to be a nurse years ago. And almost always you can go to years. Oh, we have 90 seconds. Okay. So many times it's in the physical body or it's in the energy body before it shows up in the physical body because the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions are out of balance, and then the physical body is where it shows up last, kind of. So that's exactly. why it's so important to strengthen our energy field and to be aware of our thoughts. All right. So, Dr. Susan Chomsky, you're amazing. I interviewed you once, uh, interviewed oh, you once many years ago. I yes, yes, I know that. Thank I you. That. <laughs> I, I can't thank you for all that you're doing. And please stay in touch with Spirit Seeker because we will help promote any and all of your um, your gifts and blessings to the universe. And uh, just thank you so much. And just anything else you want to share? We've got about 30 seconds. <laughs> Last word well, thanks here. So, thanks so much for inviting me, Cindy. And what I okay. just want to share with people is that – 
you are very lucky. You've been born into a human physical body. Make the use of that because uh, it's very rare to be able to be a human. And humans are the only species that can attain spiritual enlightenment. So focus your attention on that. Focus your attention on discovering who you truly are. And and enjoy. Be happy. Be happy. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, I'm off the air next week. I'm at the Vasa Yoga Meditation Retreat. I will be back the last Thursday of the month, and we will be doing the um, – the astrology and moon cycles for um, March because I am in Chicago the next uh, March at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo. Thank you so much, Dr. Susan. Enjoy. Remember, this is a podcast, downloadable. Share it with your friends and family. All right. Good night, everyone. Namaste. Thanks so much.